Why do you want to record us? We have this short moment of existence. So we're making it permanent, in other words. It's a way of crystallizing time and of crystallizing the moment of one's existence, and that's all one has. Why one wants to do this, you may say, is a mystery. Yo. Welcome back to So You Want to Be an Artist, the only podcast that's for the artist by the artist. Episode 5, one month anniversary. If this is the first episode that you're listening to, make sure you go back, check the first through the fourth episode. Had some incredible guests, some really intimate moments, some really honest conversations. The reception has been incredible. Everybody getting in touch, big up. It's great to hear everybody's perspectives and, and common curiosities about this crazy thing that we call art. This week as well, to make sure that the podcast is even more accessible due to the amount of people that are actually wanting to lock in, decided to finally get it on iTunes. So if you're listening to on iTunes, welcome. It's probably the first time you've heard it. So dig back through the archives, listen to all of the ones that you've missed. You might have noticed as well some new branding. Listen to how sick this story is of how this came about. So I've been hitting up illustrators, graphic designers that I know to get some new artwork done because the, the artwork that I've been doing at the moment is I've been calling in favours and just trying to get stuff done like for free because obviously this the podcast doesn't pay or whatever it's just a passion project so I've got quite an ambitious vision for what I want the artwork to look like um, and I completely understand people don't want to do it for free so I'm struggling to find anyone who can pull off what I actually want and I'm pulling my hair out, it's like four o'clock in the morning, and then my phone goes doodloop. And I look at it, and someone has tagged me in a post on Instagram. So I flip my phone over, I look at it, and it's a girl, and she said, I'm feeling, actually, I might as well just read the, the thing. Thank you. You've sparked something new in me, and I appreciate you for doing it. Keep doing what you're doing. And she tagged me in a picture that she's painted, and I looked at this picture, and it was incredible. It's like a, a lady in a bath. And it's just the textures, the, the, the lighting, everything about it, it's just, it's just beautiful. So I hit her up and I'm like, oh, like, thank you. This is incredible. I can't, can't believe it. Blah, 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 blah. And I'm looking for a profile and everything is nang. And I'm like, hang on a minute. I hit her up. I'm like, can you, uh, can you do some artwork for me for the, for the thing, for the podcast? She's like, of course I can. I'd love to. So like, we go back and forth for the rest of the day. And I basically say, look, I need this by the end of the day. Can, is there anything you can pull off? A couple of hours later, it's like five o'clock in the morning. She's from Sacramento, so she's eight hours behind. Sends me at like five o'clock in the morning. She hasn't slept. She's like, hey, I hope you like it. And you have what you see now. And that shit is crazy. Look how good that is. It's just incredible that I can do this and connect with people all around the world who are as talented as Aaliyah is. So... I have to shout her out one time, a massive thank you. I need you all to go to her Instagram. Her Instagram is at artbyaliyah, and Aaliyah is A-L-I-Y-A-H. Hit her up, buy her paintings, commission her, get her work, spread her work. Shit's incredible, an incredible person as well, very down to ride, down for the cause. Aaliyah, if you're listening, thank you so much. You're a beautiful person. Hopefully we get to connect on a lot more stuff. Superstar, saved my life and, and made my shit look, look, look great. Another person I have to shout out as well is Olya. Um, she's the girl who's been creating the uh, text and typography for the artwork so far. 
just want to say thank you for her for volunteering her time because that shit looks incredible as well. Uh, her Instagram is at Oliatra, which is O L Y A T R A. I don't even know if she wants me putting her on blast like that, but it's on private, so whatever she can decline you all if she really wants to. But she doesn't have an online profile, but her work is incredible. Um, and she definitely deserves some recognition for how she's been helping me. It's just amazing that when you need something and you're doing something good, the universe will always put people in your path to help make sure that whatever you need to pull off gets pulled off. That's a very um, great thing to actually see be true because it helps you believe in yourself and the universe a little bit more. I just want to talk through a little thought, thought process that I've been having this week. It's kind of about legacy, really. Unless you're changing the world and you work in politics, medicine, science, philanthropy, there's very little chance that you're going to do anything that's going to make you remembered. That sounds like proper harsh, but it's a harsh truth. Your short time on Earth and your life makes up 0.0001% of the human existence. And every single day, that gets smaller. So the odds are already stacked against you. And unless you're doing something world-changing to affect the future, you're going to have to start today to impact right now. Therefore, art is the closest thing we have to time travel because you could take it to any point in history and it will tell you exactly what it's like to be alive right now. Which means whatever you're in the middle of creating right now is the modern equivalent to a caveman drawing a stick man on stone with some animal blood. It's the, the same as hieroglyphics in ancient Egyptian pyramids. It's exactly the same as Greek mythology that most of our modern stories are based on. Now you have to sit and ask yourself, are you working on something right now that can be dug up in 100 years and accurately depict what it's like to be you today? Are you willing to scratch what you're working on right now into the walls of your tomb? Are you providing a window into the world right now that tells the stories about the complexities of human life and more importantly, your life? Because if you're not, you might want to start right now as it may be your only ticket to immortality. And that's kind of... The, 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 the idea for legacy is something that I think that most artists actually create for. They want to be remembered. They want to be seen as important. They want to tell their story and have it echo through the, the walls of time. And then when you actually think about the people that you know about from generations past, you might know a, a few people, but when you compare that to the, the amount of people that actually live, the odds are really against you. So you have to make sure that you're really doing something special right now when it's that can be fossilized and dug up and can really give some kind of insight as to what it is to be a, a human being right now uh, nothing major for, for the introduction to this one i know it's a long one because the conversation that i've got coming up is going to be special it's going to be a special one so i'm just going to get into introducing my guest of the show right now we don't get to play a song we don't get the luxury of a song this time because this this isn't a musician um and i would play like a little monologue for a film but i'd rather hear from the man himself so I'm just going to jump straight in. But he is the star of Son of Rambo, Wild Bill, Glasslands, Maze Runner, Chronicles of Narnia, 
We Are the Millers, and most recently, the Oscar nominated, The Revenant. It's hard to even kind of describe how sick you actually are, isn't it? Like, what can I say? I kind of feel like your, your CV speaks for itself. Um, but outside of that, I more care about the fact that you're a humble, um, smart, opinionated guy. So I'm going to run with that. Um, Will Poulter, this week's guest on the show. I wish we had people in here to do a round of applause. I'd be like, <laughs> Will Poulter, and then someone would be like, golf clap. <laughs> Thank you very much. Wow, that was... That was um very very sweet Emotional. indeed you Emotional. said you weren't going to gas me up too much but i am fully gassed after yeah. that so thank you <laughs> all right the first question that i ask everybody when they come on the show is what is art what is art um to me it's an honest expression uh, as honest i guess as you can be in the expression of an emotion um i think it needs to be honest because i think the audience identify with um what's honest and what's real i think they detect you know when art's forced or when it doesn't come from an honest place so yeah an honest expression what makes you the artist that you are um i don't know you know i think um so much of i guess what i do as an actor is so interior and and so um so personal it it, it comes from a place like i can't quite i, I identify i don't know um but I think, I suppose, even without realizing it, I draw on past emotional experiences and, um, you know, I guess uh, some of the stuff I've been through, um, I suppose I'm quite reliant on that, you know, for for the purpose of um, recreating emotions or um, also I think uh, watching other people, you know, and taking from the people around me, I, I kind of observe quite a bit and analyze. Yeah. So... I'm just going to take it back a little bit. Sure. Did you grow up with your mum and dad? Yes, I did. Yeah, I was very lucky. What did lucky. your mum do? My mum was a nurse. And what did um, your dad do? My dad's a, a professor of cardiology. Okay, so... Yeah, so pretty, they're just better human beings, basically. Pretty <laughs> academic as well. Yeah, very academic. What made yeah. you choose the life of an artist? Quite honestly, I didn't feel comfortable in a academic environment at all. I just It just never clicked for me, and it created this kind of insecurity in me to be honest because I never saw myself graduating with grades and getting a kind of I guess why class is a real job um the only time I felt confidence was in the kind of creative domain and when I got to kind of express myself honestly because I felt like academic expression was forced and it didn't come from a real place um when I did drama at school, you know, when I was acting or attempting to make people laugh or whatever it was, I felt excited, I felt confidence, I felt a comfortability that I really, really enjoyed and didn't find anywhere else. Um, and honestly, I just wasn't good at anything at school. I really wasn't. And and that that can be quite damning, particularly when drama or a creative pursuit is looked at as essentially a kind of lesser it's like the, it's like the fun one isn't it it's like it, yeah. you have PE it's like a luxury there you go yeah, yeah. it's like people saying I got an A in maths you're like oh wow you know so I was going an A in drama you're like you know a lot of people just shrug their oh, shoulders oh yeah me too yeah, me too yeah. oh, I did art yeah, yeah. <coughs> right exactly yeah. Yeah, yeah Um, and I never saw it that way Um, and I was lucky that there were teachers at my school that never saw it that way do you know what I mean I'm so blessed that I had two teachers 
um, a guy called Simon and a, a woman called Laura, but Laura in particular, who yeah, kind of, yeah, yeah, massively. She, she, she kind of really did change my life. I owe so much to her, you know, and um, it's funny, man, looking back, you know, at my relationship with teachers and whatnot and how, um, and I think a lot of people feel like this. It's crazy. I think everyone's got a story about, you know, something that a teacher said to them that's really like stuck with them, whether it's been damaging or whether it's was initially damaging but ended up being quite sort of um quite encouraging and, mm. and, and, and blossomed into something else like motivation. I remember mine. because I, I got kicked out of three schools before I got to my final school. Really? Um yeah. And I remember in the last year, like I was a, I was kind of academic, but mm -hmm. academic in a sense that I know I can do this, so I'm not gonna do it. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. like yeah, cool. Like a rebellious thing. Like, yeah. this is what's expected of me and I don't want to. Yeah, like, cool. I can, I can, I can't do maths for shit, but <laughs> English, I can write whatever, cool, science. Right. It's all memory anyway. So I can remember everything that I need for the, for the tests and mm. stuff. But then I was like, so if it's not challenging me, why am I, I'm not going to do it. So I refused to do my GCSEs. Wow. I wanted to prove a point. I was like, I'm not going to do my GCSEs. I'm going to show you that I don't need them. And then my teacher said to me, Kane, you got here. Uh, two years ago, 18 months ago, we had a meeting before you came because you were such an at-risk student and they said that you wouldn't make it past two weeks. And like when he told me that, I was like, well, I, I need to do these GCSEs and prove a point now. Like they gave ah. me a two-week expiration date and I stayed for two years and then ended up not smashing my GCSEs, but doing good enough to yeah. like kind of walk out of there and look at every teacher and be like, fuck you. And you, that's interesting, you, and I think that's what makes a really great teacher or a great, you know, ad advisor, you know, guardian, whatever, to identify what, you know, the personal buttons are. Yeah, for, for it might someone. have been a lie. He because, might have just known me right. so well that I'm such like a rebellious. He wanted a barrier to yeah. break through. Yeah, like we're gonna put another obstacle in front of you, and I, I think that's potentially the mistake with the school system is you know i'm not coming at the government here or anything like that but that's potentially the mistake with you know the kind of old school traditional educational system and it, of course it's changed it's adapted in, in many great ways but it, that's potentially the mistake is is kind of assuming that a formula applies to every single every child. single person and, and and i appreciate it's it's difficult to you know provide one-on-one -on -one tutoring for 12 years of someone's life but yeah um yeah, for free I, as well. I think, I think and for and for free, you know. I think, um, but you do need to appreciate that that you know uh, everyone's very very different, and they all have their different buttons, and that's so interesting. Yeah, that's so interesting. I to need me. to I need to see him again actually, and just like just thank him for that. I don't think yeah. I ever thanked him for that because, as you say, it might have been really tactical and very. And if it was, I thank him even more mm. in it for just like thinking outside of the box for me. Yeah. For what? Just so I could get some grades, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I'm yeah, I'm mad thankful actually. I realize. Mm, yeah. So when I think about like my childhood, when I think about eleven or twelve, mm. from like ten to fourteen, like those were some of my most testing years, like mentally. Right. Like so disillusioned. Like what do I want from life? I see all these things that mm. I don't want, like normal nine to fives. Mm. And I was kind of, um, I was kind of just like lost, mm. lost in the world. But how was it for you, who was doing films, who was doing stage shows and stuff? Like, how do you remember feeling about the world when you were in those ages? I'll be honest, like I had, I had a sort of premature midlife crisis. Like I had like a, <laughs> honestly, like I had like a, 
I don't know, like a midlife crisis, like a fifth of the way through my life. I was at like 11, 12 years old being like, oh my God, you know, I don't know what to do. And like, I can't have a desk job. I can't be in a, de- I can't be in a cubicle. Like I can't work at it. And I don't want to do paperwork. And I don't want to work computer. And uh, I can't do a nine to five. And like, I was, I was thinking, I guess, like, you know, about things that I did not need to think about. Like I was a professional warrior at the age. Mm. And I don't mean that in the badass and, wielding a yeah. sword sense. I mean that in the not like- Not in your revenant warriors. <laughs> I mean like panicky, you know, flustered little weird kid. And Son of Rambo came at a time when I was so miserable. I'll be honest, like I was miserable at school the whole way through, probably until the last two years. Mm. Um, I enjoyed sixth form. But do you know what Son of Rambo did for me? It gave me a sense of purpose and it confirmed for me something that I really deep down always hoped for, that school was not the be all and end all, that, that, that there was more beyond the walls of school and I didn't have to be just defined by school and what I got up to at school. Like there was, there was more out there and it just gave me like a, like a, a, a vaccine against all the kind of stuff that got me down at school and it just meant that I could last it. And don't get me wrong, like, School I went to is not a bad place at all, and I met some great people, and you know, but I, I, I just didn't enjoy school. I just was one of those people, and acting and being able to do that and escape from school and 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 you know work in these kind of like professional environments surrounded by adults and stuff was so, so educational for me, um, and it also meant that I think I did better at school in a weird way. Like it, it wasn't like I sort of came like crashing back down to earth like I felt like okay cool not that the pressure's off in any way but um, I know it's not the be all and end all I'm going to do my absolute best and provide a safety net for myself I saw school as like a safety net mm. I'm going to work hard to provide myself the safety net so that if it all goes to shit I can, I've can. i got something to fall back on well after you did We Are The Millers mm. what did you do? Uh, after I did We Are The Millers I went to university you came back You came back from shooting in LA with yeah. Jennifer Aniston and <laughs> Uh, Jason, is it Sudeikis? Sudeikis, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you came back from doing a Hollywood hit mm. to come back and do university, even though in your short life, the worst years of your life were because of school. Yeah, which yeah, which is interesting, and that does sound mad <laughs> when you, when you say it like that. It does sound mad. I mean, just because you know I didn't enjoy like education, and why 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 did I think I would enjoy university? It's funny, I didn't enjoy university. I loved it from a social perspective. I wanted to experience it. I wanted to go say I'd experienced it, you know, um, put myself through that. And uh, um, I didn't take out a student loan because I was like, if I was being honest with myself, I didn't anticipate being there for three years. If I'm being totally honest with myself, I thought I was going to do a year. So that was like university courtesy of Fox Pictures. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever funded Which We Are The Millers. <laughs> But I, and I, I just did a year and, and without any disrespect to, I went to Bristol, not any disrespect to Bristol. I just didn't click there. You know, I weighed it up like cost benefit analysis. So I was like, I think I'm better off trying to go straight into work, you know? Um, but I met some amazing friends who I'm still in contact with. And, you know, I, I lived with some wicked people and experienced the whole student thing and went out and drank too much and, 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 uh, and had fun. Um, what did you study? Drama. Oh, okay. Kind of from, from more from a kind of theoretical perspective than, you know, I didn't want to go to a drama school necessarily. Did you not I, sit in a lecture and be like, bro, I just did a fucking Hollywood picture. No, Why no. am I sat here? No, I'll be, I'll be 100% honest with you. I felt kind of at the bottom of the class. 
And I'll tell you why, because everybody that I worked with was so much more clued up on... Um, Technique. Yeah, well, like, um, like theatre knowledge, you know, yeah, and, and like, and like, you know, a, a lot of them ha- had developed a lot more kind of skill and knowledge in, in the, in the kind of, um, cause, cause here's the thing, like I'd had some, I've been really fortunate to have some, you know, great practical experience in, in filmmaking and being on film sets, but I hadn't seen half as much as most people, you know, and I'd be in lectures and they'd all be discussing filmmakers and I was like, uh, <laughs> shit, you know, I really felt, um, I really felt like I was lagging quite a lot. So I was, I was, I was excited to just try and be there to like better myself and improve my knowledge. But, um, at the end of the day, I missed being in that professional environment surrounded by adults. I, d- I didn't actually like being back in the classroom and feeling like it was adult and, and child again. I just Being lectured, essentially. Slightly, yeah, yeah, yeah. And not from a place of like, oh, I know it all. I've already done this. Like, not at all. Like, just, I just missed collaboration, you know? Um, you know, being on the other end of, like, dictation was just mm. tough for me. I'm going to just, we skipped way ahead into the future, sure, talking yeah. about mm. university. Um, so I'm going to take it back a little, uh, again, back to where we were. Mm. So you, you've done these films and you say you've had your, caught not even caught a fifth life crisis fifth of your life crisis what's it like trying to grow up on screen you're trying to find yourself at the same time as pretending to be other people i kind of i I imagine that to be a difficult dynamic Mm. it is really difficult because i think you have to and i don't know whether this is right or wrong but i think you have to try to an extent or whether, whether you have to do it or not i think you can't help but um, wrestle with working out the perception of yourself versus the perception of how other people see you. Do you know what I mean? Like people who've watched your work, say, say someone in the street who stops you has seen everything you've ever done. You know, and I'm thinking, what is their perception of me? You know, like, and on a basic level, first of all, they think I'm a foot shorter and I'm American, maybe. And there are all these like things that people label you with mm. as a result of the work you've done which is cool and that, that that's whatever um and then i guess they have an opinion on like how good they think you are and how horrible word coming up famous you are and, and why is that why is famous a horrible word um no i just i just i just i, can't, I just referring to myself as famous it just sounds like horrible i don't know why because i just I, I just, ugh, it just makes me squirm a little bit. <laughs> like, so does the term fans. Fans, yeah. I would rather say supporters because mm. I feel like, you know, it's, it's 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 so sweet when someone labels themselves as a fan of you. You're like, wow, that's mad. I'm a fan, but that, 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 as much as I support and I'm you, I'm a fan of you. <laughs> legitimately. As much as I support you, and, I'm still a, fan, I'm still in awe of the things that you accomplish yeah. and, and the things that you and do. I, and I, and some people take pride in being a fan of other people. Like I take pride in being a fan of Kendrick Lamar. Yeah, you yeah. know. Um, but it's weird. Like I've always, I, I can't help but remove the sense of like. I don't know why fan sounds. It's maybe just like a sonic thing. It just sounds like subservient to me, and I just never would ever want anyone who is a fan of me to feel like they're less than me. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you've got well, to be can, on the same level. As soon as like you say that you're a fan, it creates like an instant barrier. Like, yeah. That you feel like, like you a can't distance get over. That's weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't know. Maybe so, that's just because of the. You know, you know that expression. Like I'm just a fan. Like, no, don't put yeah. just in front of that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that, that's. 
But I don't know. I, I guess that comes down to like the psyche of the person. I'm I am happy to admit that I'm a fan of you, but I'm definitely don't see yeah that's true no yeah, difference yeah, yeah. between us yeah. like personally. Yeah. But I don't know. Maybe it's different that's, for other people. I'm but sorry, I'm not I, went, I got sidetracked there. I was like, I'm like, not saying that it's a wrong. I think it's an interesting conversation to have mm. because fans sometimes has a negative connotation. A little bit. Yeah. Just like when you slightly. see these super fan documentaries and you're always like, your initial reaction is like, wow, that's so weird. But then at the same time, like, it's actually sick that someone will ride so hard for someone they don't even know. That's like, it, man. It's crazy. That's it. It's yeah. actually crazy. And then no. there's some people who have fans who don't really deserve them. You have someone like you who deserves fans because you won't create that separation. But right, then right. you have people who have fans and will deliberately, yeah, you're my fan. Like, and almost like, like, yeah, and then exploit that. Yeah, yeah, no, true. So when mm. you're younger, how is it like dealing with rejection? Because you have to spend a lot of time in audition rooms mm. and sending tapes in and stuff. And mm. you did like a few films, but yeah, you probably yeah. auditioned for a lot more. Yeah, What's that still- like? That's such a crucial age as well to be knocked back once. Mm. from something little like like school say is bad enough right but when you want to be an actor and you're getting knocked back from audition after how do you deal yeah thank you and and you're like sorry and you're like so new to this process that's unlike anything else you know like the process of going into an audition room and performing in front of you know adults who are putting cameras at you and whatnot sending in tapes and all of that is such a it's such an alien process, especially at that age. You know, it's quite nerve wracking, and I'm a very nervous performer. And I'm still a very nervous auditioner. I really struggle in an audition room. I much prefer to tape, like create my own tapes. Create, Where'd you do that in your own home? Uh, I do it at my agency with this okay. woman called Lizzie, who's incredible, and she's um she uh, started off as an assistant at Hamilton Adele, which is my agency in the UK, and she's now turning into an agent herself in her own right. She's a really great actress and she does them with me. And I prefer that because that process separates the the character from my own, you know, personality and, and I'm able to kind of be a bit more distinct about, you know, what what I present. Um, if I go into an audition room, I'm just like a nervous combination of myself and the character and I just, I end up screwing it up. Um, but the rejection thing is very, very real in the auditioning world and, and, and um, I'm still auditioning for, you know, um, 80% of things. That's a travesty. No, it's not. No, that's fair enough. No. <laughs> Real partners should be given no, roles. You gotta, <laughs> that's very sweet. But no, no, you gotta, you got to earn your stripes. And, and, and that's cool. And, and you know, and I, I appreciate that. If I, can, if I can design the process a little bit, if I can say, look, I'd rather send in the tape, is that okay? Mm. Rather than come into a room and, you know, make it sort of a live show. But you've you got to kind of get out of your company. You've got to get good at auditioning at one point. Um, I think, yeah, yeah, no, true. You're comfortable You've you sending your try tapes and, in. Yeah. It's going to make you a better actor, ultimately. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. I love the taping thing. Yeah. Really enjoy that. But yeah, I, you're I comfortable. do need to, exactly. I do need to be able to operate in that less kind of comfortable environment of, of the sort of classic audition setup. Um, the rejection was really tough, though. And actually, um, after I after I left school... Um, I went through like a year of auditioning and kind of being like the nearly man on so many th- th- like you know like mm. being in like it was between like you and one other guy or you're in the top three or you know feeling like I was going to get it and then last minute someone else came in and knocked me off or whatever so um, I was the nearly man 
for 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 ages and i was getting so down and i, I actually i went to my agent and and um you know he said something to me you know that that was very very inspiring and 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 what do you start, say? start with me um you know i wouldn't like to say because i feel like um I want. I want to like hold on to it, but okay. but 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 one day you'll come back and yeah. you'll tell us. Well, it's just gonna come across as like, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah, maybe, but it it's just gonna come it'll sound a bit as, as what it'll sound a bit like arrogant if I, do you know what I mean? Like, cause it, but but it's very part. It but very when was personal. it said? This was this was said to me when I was, I guess I was, I guess I was like eighteen, nineteen, and it was before we're the Millers. Mm. Um, so if it's before the, but you done Narnia, you done yeah, Narnia I done point. that, but like I basically. Uh, yeah, I'd done Narnia and then I'd done I'd, I'd done Wild Bill shortly afterwards. Yeah, but I hadn't done anything in like two years, and I was it was just constant like auditioning and getting knocked back, and I was so down. And I went out to LA for this audition. Um, it was like a screen test, and it was like me and like four other guys for this comedy, and um, and did the screen test, and the screen test went kind of badly, and I didn't get it, and. I'd flown myself out to LA, you know, and I'd spent this money and gambled on going there and, and, and it didn't work out. And I was literally packing up my suitcase and I was just feeling so down. And then I got a call saying, oh, can you stay out in LA for a couple of days? And I was like, yeah, sure, what is it? And they were like, oh, We're the Millers is casting again. And I'd already sent in one tape and they were like, We're the Millers is casting again and they, they want to see you. They want you to meet the director, etc." And I was like, oh, wow, wasn't kind of expecting that. But I was so down, you know, in terms of confidence and whatnot. And yes, I'd had this inspiring talk from my agent, but I was just like, I just, you know, I just lost out on, you know, something I really, really wanted right off the back of that. And I just... And that role can... was obviously never meant for you. Like, mm -hmm. We Are The Millers was the one that was meant right, for you. Right, Because yeah. that was the one you end up getting and was the one that kind of put you in that space and gave you a different element to your character because you'd always played the bully or the bad guy. I think so. So that kind of... It was what, interesting playing the bullied guy. You know, yeah, like, what was the role that you flew out there for? Was it another... Um, it was another comedy thing. Okay. Um, and a very different, but like a bullyish comedy role. Yeah, you know so I mean? exactly. Like, yeah. So you would have just, that could have typecasted you for the rest of your career. Yeah, yeah, true. And you ended up flopping it, but then you get this one, which gives you an another dimension to your yeah. to your character. And actually, I never really I never really thought about it like that. I think that's like one of the sickest stories I've ever heard. It's... Flew yourself out to LA, <laughs> didn't get a role and got a better one. Like, <laughs> that's like... That's like inspiration, if ever I've heard it. Oh, bless man. No, but it was it was cool, and 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 actually, I've been lucky when I've been really, really down and really, really low, you know. And I thought like nothing was gonna come. Something has come along, and I've been very blessed by that. But I guess that's just you just got to work through that point. And sometimes you rely on other people to mm. to like give you that boost, you know, because you can't find the the strength to do it on your own. So when something finally comes and you end up doing these Hollywood hits, mm. Narnia. You do We Are The Millers, you do Maze Runner. Were you ever um, a little bit scared that you might get caught in the machine of like Hollywood blockbusters? Yes, yeah. And I, I, I wanted to definitely pay homage and, and, and respect to my roots, which were, you know, which was independent film. You know? And um, for as long as I do this, and I hope it's the rest of my life, I, I want to be able to do a blend of the two, you know? In fact, I'd say I don't even want to be conscious of how many Hollywood ones and how many independent ones I want to do. I want to just do good work. And I don't care whether that's a film that's made for £5,000 or 
I mean, I do care whether it's made for like 500 million because I don't think we need to spend as much money as we do in the film industry. That's another conversation. But yeah, yeah. But, um, you know, basically the labels on a film, whether it's a comedy, whether it's a drama, whether it's a big budget, whether it's a low budget, whether it's da-da-da, that doesn't matter to me as much as whether the material is is good and, and, and the characters have integrity and it challenges me you know i think finding a challenge um i did a film called um i did a film called uh, it says the next question go- was how important is the integrity of the film ah, you literally just said it you so, yeah. yeah carry on um you did a film yeah I, d- I did a film called glassland um in ireland um is it indie it's an independent yeah and it was cool man i i i loved it so much and it really opened my eyes to you know, it's funny, like, I thought, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, I'm being, like, really, like, oh, yeah, I'm really, like, I've got a really, like, wide perspective, you know, considering all these independent films. I didn't even think about foreign film, you know. Are you speaking of language? And then you do... Um, from American? No, I speak, like, the smallest amount of Swahili because my mum was born in Kenya, which is, which mad. is really weird. Your yeah, mum is mad. Kenyan and my you speak Swahili? My mum was born in Kenya, yeah, yeah. And, like, half my family still live out there, yeah, which is mad. No, I speak a tiny bit of Swahili. You speak enough Swahili. But, like, I speak... I speak enough to like, it, it, it's it's one of those ones where like I'll, I'll speak a little bit, I'll understand quite a bit, but I'll get into a conversation with someone and I'll be so just lost exposed. and then you have to just, you know, reveal the fact that you don't live there. And anyway, um, no, what was I was blabbing? What was I saying about? Um, um, where were we? Oh, you did Glass and oh, Independent yeah. Film. Yeah. And then, and then just, just that, that really opened my eyes to a whole nother realm that I hadn't really considered, which is, you know, just how sick it would be to be involved in more foreign films and now you know it's 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 like ignited a kind of thirst for wanting to go abroad and do you know films in loads of other different countries are we classifying irish as foreign film well i think so because technically it's not it's not british film so uh, yeah you don't care whether it costs five thousand or whatever Mm -hmm. and we can act like plastic doesn't exist oh my god (laughs) <laughs> but plastic does exist and it would be a crime to not talk about it because no. surely that would make you right. cautious about independent film because as an indie mm. you did that and it wasn't very good and mm. it's the only smudge against your name I would say yeah I've got to be very real I don't mean any disrespect to the people involved in making that film I made some great friends from it, genuinely. I made a best mate out of it, actually, in, in Sebastian D'Souza, who's an awesome actor. Um, you know, I think I think it's no secret that that is, is not Citizen Kane, you know? Mm. It's not a masterpiece, pun intended. It's not a, it's not a, it's not a masterpiece, but... Um, yeah, you know, I, I think, without talking about plastic specifically, I think in one's career, you take risks, and I think... I try not to regret it too much because if I'm being totally honest with myself and I look back at why I did that, I I know in my heart of hearts that I fully believed in it and I thought it was going to be something very... Di- you know. I think then that anything else doesn't matter. If you, if you, if you, if, yeah, I think so. And, 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 but you, and then, and then I think the only thing to do, you know, to look back on, and, and again, not talking specifically about plastic, but, but just if you look back at mistakes in the past, the best thing you can do with mistakes, and people be like, okay, ignore it, move on, next thing. It's like, I think the best thing you can do is analyze it quite intensely and think, what can I, what can I actually take from this so mm. that I don't make the same mistake again? So what so did you take I from it? Myself? Um, attention to detail. Um, you know, I think now when I look at a project, I read something, 
I analyze something that I might be contributing performance to, I'm 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 very very analytical. Um, I guess I'm a bit more discerning than I than I than I potentially I was, but um, yeah. Are you as analytical when you get script from um, Alejandro Naritu with Leonardo DiCaprio and Tom Hardy? Well, do you know what the, the quality of that just kind of slaps you across the face? Of course. So so you so so it doesn't require such a kind of BDI necessarily. But but did you not just hear director, subject matter, <laughs> leading men? Not read it and just right, turn up to. I'm there. I'm there. When do we start? <laughs> and I'm in it. What? Yeah, let's do. It. Um, yeah, I mean that that was crazy. That's that's the best script I've ever read. I think that and um, that and a film called Captain Fantastic, which is on its way out. It's at Sundance right now. I'm Angel Sky, isn't it? Those are the two scripts I read, and I didn't even didn't even batter. And maybe actually see if are you in Captain Fantastic? I'm not. Oh. My 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 very good friend George Mackay is who beat me out to the role, rightly so, and he he apparently kills it. I can't wait to watch it. But that's those two scripts are scripts like I. You know, I read and I didn't really even quite like sometimes you just know you know like you have this inherent like I felt the same way about Glassland actually I read Glassland the film I did in Ireland and I I called called up my agent I said I'll do whatever I have to do to be in this do you know what I mean most artists that I speak to um often find their art or their um drive for art at the mercy of money and money isn't something that I care about. It's not something I even really want to talk about. But with you, it's kind of impossible not to talk about. You just come off the back of a hundred eighty million dollar right. movie. Um, I didn't. I didn't even know. Hundred eighty. Yeah, hundred eighty-six million dollars. The one they published. Yeah. 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 And I know you've been very vocal, especially even earlier in the interview mm. about production budgets. Mm. Does I? I'm not. I would ask. Does that kind of money motivate you? But I know the answer mm. to that question. But what does that do? To your psyche, knowing that it's a it's a hundred and fifty million dollars mm. riding on it. Yeah, it's um, it's a pressure that I think it's it's naive to ignore it, you know. Um, but I think also I've spoken from a place of naivety in the past where I've said, you know, oh, I don't want to be part of a project that doesn't do X, Y, and Z financially. And actually, what I've realised is, as conscious as I want to, as conscious as I want to be of that, but it is like active as I want to be in uh, having an effect on the financial success of a, of a film or, or, or the financial responsibility with which a film is made, you know, that, that, that power is not given to you or you, you don't develop that until much later on in your career. So you kind of have to, I suppose if you want to have certain experiences and, and be in, certain films you have to accept that you will just not have that hold um for, for a while so so i so i i kind of do in a way apologize for for being as vocal as i was in the past because it was quite a naive it was quite there were quite naive comments to make i think they're well-intentioned you know i think it just came from a place of you know like I come from a family of people who work in the medical sector. You know, my mum's a nurse, my big sister's a nurse, my dad's a professor of cardiology, my little sister's going into healthcare. Like, you know, and and you know, I'm I'm aware of how important funding is in that sector. You know, and then when f I'm part of a film that's made for several hundred million dollars, you know, there's this there's you can't help but sort of feel a, like an, a sense of awkwardness in many mm. ways. You know, um, and I think film is very very important i think 
you know media plays a vital role in 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 our lives and um you know we're reliant on it for a lot of things but um do i want to try and make sure that i'm part of financially responsible films as and when i can be absolutely 100% you know if i feel like I, i'm not going to sign up to a film that is like you know that's totally like spends like gratuitously and just like frivolous like i don't want to be part of those movies i i find that i find it irresponsible and i just don't want to be i don't want to be associated so does that rule you out of avatar 2 <laughs> Well, listen, if Avatars are incredible and it makes three billion, then it's all good because it, it's made its money back. But like, yeah, for me, it's not it's not about whether a film makes money or not. It's about whether whether it's actually been, you know, made with good financial, responsible financial intentions. Because yeah, yeah. I just don't think I don't think it's I don't think it's fair to to spend money without a second thought about whether you're going to you know make it back or not. And, 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 you know, you don't put dents in the economy for the sake of making a film, I think. I respect that. Yeah. Um, we can Google how much a leading man would get for a role. Right. Um, so a bit off of that, you can kind of gauge how what someone in your position or would get for a role. We're going to ask you how much. But do you ever find yourself getting financially complacent? I don't know, really. I mean, I, I'm not in that. I'm not at that stage of my career, really, where I'm kind of, you know. <laughs> certainly not in that Brad Pitt situation yeah, no. or, or anyone on that level so I, I I don't know but all I know is I just want to make sure that no no decisions I make actually are impeding on what I do creatively you know, and whether that's financial age whether that's location whatever family personal life like, I want to make sure you know I put my family before anything else I should say that but I want to make sure that there are, I'm not making any decisions um outside you know the sort of creative circle or the circle of creative concerns anything to impede that you have brad pitt legend mm. you have alejandro Inarritu, oscar winning multi-oscar winning legend you have kerry fukunaga who has made some of the sickest pieces of art like in modern times true detective like you have all of these incredible artists mm. seeing you as a peer and as, as an equally incredible artist and taking risks on you and putting you in their productions. Why do you think they believe in you so much? Yeah, it's mad to me, man, because that's the thing that baffles me. I don't know. You know, like I've never, ever, ever doubted Alejandro. The only time I doubted Alejandro is when he cast me. I was literally like, are you sure? I was <laughs> like, you know, um, it's mad. And, and, and Carrie too. You know, when I, when I first met Carrie, it was on Skype. And I was in Canada shooting The Revenant and I Skyped with him and I thought I'd like, I thought I'd messed it up so badly. And I called my agent and I was like, no, I messed that up. He's such an intelligent, um, composed guy and he doesn't give much away. And we spoke about the character and about his vision for the film and, and, and you know, and he asked me to audition, etc. And I don't know, in that in that instance, I, my, I guess my head was in a different place. I was so focused on Revenant and, and I was just struggling to articulate myself in relation to it and that project. And I just messed it up so bad. So when I did my tape, I came back to London having shot Revenant, I had a few days off and I did my tape. And... Um, I left that taping room completely on the fence about how I thought it was going to go. I was like, there were so many different directions to go with the portrayal of that character that I was like, I was like, 
that that goes either way. Either he's gonna love that or hate that. You know, that's that was a Marmite tape. Like, I don't know what's gonna happen. And getting the role was mad because yeah, I think it does play on your mind the fact that someone of that, of course, of that ta- you know that level of talent and that stature thinks that you're worthy of working with them. That's mad. That's mind blowing to me. You know, um, same thing with Revenant. Same thing with We're the Millers and and, and We're the Millers. You know, for New Line Studio to take a risk on a relatively unknown English kid to play in a movie like that was a mad risk and and it's uh it's awesome when people do that I, like I think you know when people take risks like that so when you hear that Carrie has walked away from the it reboot um and you already was kind of insecure about your place in it mm. in terms of the audition and stuff did you was there ever a thought in the back of your mind like the friction between the studio and him was because of casting you in such a major role. All right, um, it definitely, it, it definitely entered my mind because that's my character, you know. Like as, as me as well, just like that, that's 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 always going to be like a concern I have. Like I have those insecurities. Um, I mean, I don't know. You know, Carrie, 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 and I talked at, at, at length afterwards. You know. Um, he was one of the like first people to tell me that he'd 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 walked away and and, and um New Line as the studio behind was the studio behind that at the time as well. So I had a relationship with both previously and you know, they were very like they were very nice about you know, the audition and whatnot and, and they were very um complimentary, which is incredible like incredibly humbling. You know, I think if I if I if I believe them then then I'm I'm I don't have that concern and, and, and truthfully I don't know the 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 exact details of what happened between Carrie in the studio but you know I'll say this my relationship with Carrie is really solid and, and I really hope we get to work together on something else if it's not it um, that sounds like straight off of a did that sound a bit media trained that sounds straight <laughs> off the media training ground I didn't want to that sounded like I a didn't want to bring that in here this just, is a real domain and I did not want to have to like bring I'm media training that you but that's some media training I in I asked you how you felt about it I'll and I got you, the media that, answer <laughs> that's the most anyone's got on that honestly I swear normally I'm just like uh, I don't know and my uh, my involvement is yet to be confirmed like I promise yeah, yeah. you that's 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 why I didn't want to ask you because I knew I knew no 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 not at all you say I am Will I am I have those insecurities you're face to face with Leonardo DiCaprio, probably the most decorated mm. actor that we have right, right now. Right, of our generation, yeah. And you have Tom Hardy. How do you feel about your ability when you're about to roll for mm. the first scene? Yeah, that that's mad actually, because um, I had a lot of sleepless nights in the run-up to shooting that film. You know, self-doubt keeps you awake and. Of course, you know, you feel like there's a massive void between you and these guys who, you know, particularly in the case of Leo, um, particularly in the case of Leo, you know, guys who you've looked up to and idolized and, you know, of course you see as a superior. So it's scary acting on a platform with them, you know. Um, I was quite lucky in the sense that, and again, referring more specifically to Leo, that my character was naturally kind of in admiration of Hugh Glass, Leo's character in the you film. You kind of got to play. I felt like you kind of got to play yourself in that situation. In that situation, like, it was quite close to home. Speaking to you now, I, I see you were kind of like the moral compass of yeah, that film. Yeah. So seeing you now, it's like, if you were actually in that situation, I think that you would be the exact same person as right. your character. Right. Because I think you would be 
in awe of Leo and you would want to stay. And I think that Tom would get into your ear. Yeah. And kind of like... And I always saw my character as like learning from Hugh Glass, like observing and learning. That's kind of what I was doing on set. You know, I was just watching Leo and observing and, you know, and everyone's like, and I get a lot of questions like, you know, what, what advice did Leo or Tom give to you? Like, those dudes are so cool that they're not going to be as patronizing as to sit you down and go, now listen, son, if you want to make it a big yeah, time. it's not advice, it's more lead by example. It's lead it's by example. I'm not going to sit you down, it. but I'm going to show you how to do it and you're going to take lead more by away from that than I could ever and tell you. And it's on you yeah. to actually open your eyes and absorb. Yeah. You know, don't don't wait for someone to sit you down and give you advice. Everyone, like often, too often people I think are waiting for someone to kind of like put their arm around you and say, mm. you know, take it upon yourself and that gets recognized. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like that people, people who are, you know, experienced and talented, et cetera, et cetera. They, 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 they watch for that. And then, then they might pay you the compliment of giving you some advice or, or giving you a compliment in, 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 in its rawest sense, you know, going, nice i see how you're doing this keep that up kind of thing you know well, that'll carry you far you know or this is how you can improve on what you're already doing it's not on tom or leo to bring out the best in you even though inadvertently they did it is alejandro's job however to bring the best out of you yes how did he do that he's like a magician with that man it's mad i, I was it's more of a psychologist or yeah like it's not it's less of a it's less magic and more yeah there's a it's science realer, to it. it's realer it's yeah. realer than magic it's like it's a psychology or so yeah a manipulation in a sense of it is it's masterful actually because you don't realize it's happening until you know you get back at the end of the day and like you're playing poker with the lads and then you're like everyone's talking you know about the day's work and then they were like oh shoot do you feel like he did that on poker and is that why we did it again and do you think that's why we did so many takes and oh that's why he asked us to you know you it's only like later that when you look back like retrospectively in hindsight you realize that so much of his process is a design and it's a design that basically is there to get the realest performances i I want to hear a story i want to hear one of those moments where you thought did he just mind fuck me um yeah yeah i mean you know we would do take off to 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 take on multiple occasions so that by take and of course a lot of the time that is just because you know the camera moves were so you know they were so ambitious and they were so tricky to pull off that we needed to do that but certainly he didn't want to use the earlier takes because the later ones were laced with like frustration genuine fatigue anger something entirely new that isn't even present in the early t- like he he i wouldn't say is one of those directors that always does a lot of takes i think he does it when it's absolutely necessary nothing alejandro put me through was unnecessary and that's why i respect him like massively it was all for the purpose of creating i guess a better performance out of me and a better performance for the f- you know of, for the film in general like just making the film better do you have someone like that in your real life who 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 does that? Yeah, who um, kind of who not plays the Alejandro role because that's kind of mm. unique to him, but brings the best out of you and just keeps driving you forward and might say something in your ear to get the best mm. best attitude or best perspective. That, out of by you. the way, is such a good question. Um, my mum, man, my mum does it again. Not not in like a patronizing sit you down, you know, here's some advice kind of way. 
Um, my mum leads by example. My mum is, and I know a lot of people feel this way about their parents, you know. My mum is the best human being I know. She's totally unselfish, which is just an amazing quality. Um, she's super considerate, which is an amazing quality. And she never expects anything from anyone. And she, she does it with a kind of modesty and a, and a genuine, like, not a false modesty. Like, my mom does not know how sick she is. My mom does, like, she genuinely think doesn't know. that runs know. in the family. It's like, no, no, genuinely, that, that's sweet. But honestly, man, she doesn't know. Like, she's amazing. And, like, I try and tell my mom as much as I can. But it, it goes in one ear and out the other. She doesn't, she doesn't realise. She realises. She's incredible. I hope so. I re honestly, man, I hope so. That's how like, she leads by example. I try and tell her every day, but she's. You see the way yeah. when I would say a compliment to you, it goes in one ear and out the other. One. <laughs> you learn that from your mum. <laughs> no, no, no. They stay with me, man. I appreciate. I've got more of an ego than my mum. That's that's for sure. Did you feel an added sense of pressure to perform for Alejandro because he's taken a risk on you? Mm. You're like some kid who had done these typecast roles. Did you feel that sense that I need to give him? something i've never given anyone before just for taking that risk that's interesting um i definitely felt like it was a step up um you know i i approach every single role um as seriously as the other but i felt like this was like this felt like i was kind of acting on a on a slight plateau just because i felt like people are going to be judging it slightly differently i think just because of you know the other the other actors that I'm acting with and, and, and the kind of, you know, I think that I think the quality of the film as well, I think it's fair to say it's, it's the best thing. I think it's the best film I've ever been part of, you know. I think it's one of the best films ever made. Oh, that's that's really sweet. I I kind of feel you, like that too, I have yeah. to be honest. I you can't take I the credit though. No, 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 I'm not. You can, Mate, you can't take I am a side dish in, in, <laughs> in that. Yeah, I'm the cold I'm Listen, more than happy being the Everyone loves coleslaw. I, I was cold slaw <laughs> shooting this movie. I feel like... I was hugely blessed to be there. I had to slightly park my anxieties and my my realization that I was in a film of this stature, like this size and this kind of like you know stature, because I think had I brought that with me, then I it would have affected my performance. I would have been very nervous. I was lucky that the the process was so well designed. It was so realistic and so immersive for us, and the challenge of shooting the movie was so consuming and like. It was so hard that I didn't have time for freakouts. My anxiety, like, didn't have room to breathe. It's like being actually at war. Because if you freak out, you're gonna you're gonna either That's die it. or you're gonna kill somebody. That's it. Don't don't question the method. I think is quite prevalent in in a lot of different kind of sectors within the mili military and like and and that was kind of what we applied to the revenant. You know, Alejandro asked us to trust him implicitly. He was like, you know, if you trust me, I promise you will be part of something special. I promise you will walk away from this happy. It's going to be tough. You're going to struggle. You're going to be in pain. But I promise you, if you trust me, it's going to be worth it. And trusted him. I kind of wonder what um, war would be like if people actually did question the mission. Personally, personally, I think it takes a... It's mad. Yeah, it's just, it takes a special kind of person to put on a suit and follow orders and mm, yeah. Oh my go gosh, and do stuff. But yeah, I'll, I'll probably cut this out because I don't want to get you in. No, any, no, no, in no. You, water, you're, you're not getting me in hot. You're not getting me in hot definitely, water. That's I exactly think, what War Machine's about, man. Is that what War Machine is? It's about? hundred percent about that. It questions. It questions exactly. Yeah, like when exactly I, about. whenever I see like the outrage in Britain about Syria, mm. we know that it's not the right thing to do. 
to drop bombs and basically throw shit at a wall and hope it sticks, mm. regardless of whether who gets sprayed with shit. Mm. And it takes a special kind of person to get in that plane or get behind the controller of that drone and drop that bomb. So it's like when you say um, to, to not question the mission and do your job, it's mm. like it's just be interesting to see what that would look like if people did start yeah. going, why the fuck am I doing this? That is very interesting because I think that mentality is required to be good. And, and I'm saying this based on limited experience of acting in a military film and, and working with quite closely, to be fair, with a lot of military guys. You know, one thing we were told about when playing Marines was that, you know, once you're a Marine, like the the the, um, the uh, motto for the Marines is um, Semper, Semper Fi, Semper Fidelis, which is Latin, right, for always faithful. You're always faithful to the Marine Corps. That's the contract you take out. And that's the contract. You're you're always faithful to the cause, to the mission. You don't question that. You don't question... Is that like a phone contract where it's like, all right, cool, at the start, <laughs> I was into this phone contract. Now I realise after you can 12... upgrade from 12 sergeant or, to captain. After 12 to... or 24 months, I realise I've been being shagged for the last 12 months. <laughs> <laughs> and now I have the option to either get out of this contract because I don't believe in the cause no more. Is that kind of what it's yeah, like? Yeah, I mean, I imagine. I, I don't know what it's like if you want to sort of... <laughs> bounce midway through your deployment in the military um uh, yeah what happens if you're in the you're like i'm not fucking fighting this war no more i'm not killing someone without there are legal ramifications to that wow yeah you go to jail there are legal ramifications i i, I suppose you do yeah i know i know that i was in a lecture um in the preparation for for, for war machine and someone asked that question um but you know what we've been up at 5 a.m doing pt uh, in the desert and I think I was so tired I don't think yeah. I even clocked what he, it's what he said it's he was like, was this like a st not a simulation but it was like the actor's lecture to kind of yeah, get it their like info a, it was part of a boot camp that's someone freaking yeah. out like he's not even go really going to war but he's like so can I get out at some point <laughs> yeah. like oh yeah yeah we had a guy we had a guy um not in the not in the like principal cast and and fair play to him but there was a guy who um walked away on day one now you're Hollywood's golden child no, oh, flipping it. Even though you're not that young, but you're you're definitely a golden child. Yeah. Do you have opportunities flying in left, right, and centre? Especially now the Revenant has screened. Um. Do you know what? I I'm very blessed that the Revenant was received in the way it was. Of and, course, it was going to be received in the way it was. Um, yeah, no, it's cool, man. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, it's not something that you. You expect by any means, but it's something you definitely hope for. You know, after making that, we were like, I think we all. But felt you must have banked for it, because when you're it, you're you're going through the process of that film, you know it's something special. I think the fact that we felt like it was something special, and we were part of a special process, a very unique, arduous, and ambitious process, that kept us going mm. because it was so tough. We needed like some fuel, and the fact that we could be part of something special, groundbreaking, historical, like. That kept us going certainly, and 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 to see that it has had the reaction it's had, and you know it's getting the kind of props that it's getting, it's amazing for me though the fact the fact that audiences are loving it. Like when I hear someone say they think it's the best film, one of the best films they've ever seen. People say I think it's you know one of the most uh, ambitious movies I've seen. It's unlike anything I've seen. That is that's massive, and that genuinely means more than anything mm. else. I think um, more than awards or anything like that. You know. So have you got opportunities flying in left, right, and center? Oh, sorry, I just completely <laughs> swerved that. Um, uh, no, I wouldn't say that. I mean, I, I feel like, um, you know, I think The Revenant 
has certainly you know made a few more things available to me it's opened a few more doors it's perhaps made me a consideration for more people you know um i think there were there were projects that i wasn't probably taken seriously for before i did the revenant maybe um so that that's cool and 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 i don't say that like oh only now am i being noticed i don't say like that at all i mean like you know i needed to do revenant in order to be in the sort of projects that i wanted to be in you know those kind of slightly more you know mature adult roles that i want to play and, and i needed to do revenant in order to do that you know i needed to get that grade in order to graduate yeah it feels like a statement of intent from you like listen i might have been in these films before oh, yeah cool. but man can definitely go in the snow oh, for <laughs> days on end <laughs> with freezing and shit thank like, you honestly it thank feels, you it, yeah, it feels like a conscious decision for you to kind of go from that relatively safe comfortable zone that right you're in and dive head first into something that i needed to scare do anyone like thank you but yeah it definitely feels conscious um so we could say that you're reading a lot more. You're reading a lot more scripts. Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah. Are you, uh, you, and obviously, integrity of a script is very important. Mm. Integrity of a film is important. So you're probably turning a lot of stuff down as well. Um, I think I think I'm I'm being, I guess yeah, even more discerning and just kind yeah. of like um, cautious, you know, because I am I am I am gun shy and I also you know I don't want to let anyone down as well and i feel like i i need to challenge myself and make it interesting for me in order to make it interesting for audiences you know like i think now if i go and do a couple of things that i find quite easy and i don't feel like move the needle for anyone and i'm gonna i'm gonna give anyone like you know an interesting experience if at least that's not my intention then i'm not i'm not i'm not making the most of the position i'm in i'm very lucky to be in this position i need to make the most of it and um you know uh as a creative, um, I think when you find yourself in a position where you have options, you owe it to anyone who's not in that position to like take the take the take that decision very seriously of which option you choose. You know. Are you ever scared that you'll miss out on something that big? Uh, yeah, and I, I, you know, like I can't say what, but I've like I've been an idiot before. Like I've passed on things that I shouldn't have passed on, or you know, like, like I feel like I've, you know, potentially made mistakes in doing something that I like didn't necessarily like, feel like I should have done. I've like read something, totally misinterpreted it. It's turned out to be a great film, but that's 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 the business side of things. You know, you don't make not every decision you make is is the right one. How are you dealing with the distractions of your recent exposure? <laughs> um, I feel like I was going to ask you to be more specific, but I feel like... Uh, I mean, the next thing after that is girls question mark. Uh, right, right, right. I wrote, I wrote girls. <laughs> um, I'll say this. Playing Kenny Miller doesn't, um, doesn't like, boost your popularity with women particularly. Like, that was it. Especially with... when you have to have your first kiss on screen. Yeah, exactly. And you're playing... How was it kissing um, Jennifer? And... <laughs> <laughs> uh, I wouldn't do it to you. No, I wouldn't do it to you. No, no. It's all love. Um... Yeah, do you know I? But you're not Kenny Miller no more. You're, what's your character's name? Fidger. Uh, Bridger. Bridger. That's Bridger it. Yeah, yeah. Bridger. I don't know why I said Fidger. Yeah, no, yeah, no, no. Bridger. Bridger. Yeah. Like you're a fucking badass Bridger. Like you oh, make man. necklaces out of bear claws. And shit. <laughs> Still making necklaces though. I don't know how badass that is, but um, yeah, I, I, I don't know, man. That stuff is um, that stuff's actually just so separate to to, you know, 
my work like I, I actually really struggle to blend the social with with the business and and, and I, I try and keep the two very very separate as, as much as i can the know? business do you do, do you see it as your kind of business or do you see it as your art no i definitely well do you know what i definitely see it as my art but i have to i have to recognize the fact that there are business aspects to it and you have to you actually have to develop as a businessman underneath but of course of course i see it as my art i see it as um my purpose you know in in life like the it's it's my main prerogative it's my it's my like you know it's my driving force through through life it's it's what you know keeps me here do you think you're a good actor <laughs> oh man oh shit um <laughs> i don't know <sighs> Do you know what the the funny thing is, is I used to concern myself with that a, a lot, and it doesn't help me be any better if I really get concerned about that. And it's also not actually up to me. So that's been quite freeing, letting go of that. You know, whether I think I'm a good actor or not. Of course, I've got to have confidence in in myself. But when when I whether I think I'm good or not is actually not. Oh, uh, you know you're good. I don't know, man. It's a, that's a weird. That's so, it's, it's like it's, it's know, such a good question. You but know it's like, inside of yourself that you're good, but you are kind of basing it on the reception of other people. Like, let's say you don't get booked for to an extent. Although I'd never read a review and base what I did off that, for example. Or if yeah. someone came up to me and said, yo, I think you're the best actor in the world, I wouldn't then go, oh, yeah. oh my God. Yeah, you know yeah, what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Or if someone comes up to me and goes, I think you are the most false, hollow, terrible, unbelievable person I've ever seen on screen. I w it wouldn't bother me either. So it's interesting. Like, it wouldn't I wouldn't bother you? Uh, no. That's interesting. Don't get, but then, then, then it's funny, but then like, but then I can't lie. If, if 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 I read a review and it was like a critic, for some reason that would bother me. Why why does the critic's opinion? Why does the critic's opinion like the crit the critic's opinion doesn't? Ah, oh, I'm getting myself in trouble here. No, <laughs> I don't I don't even know how to make sense of it in my in my head. It it probably I feel like it's something that you have to make sense of as yeah. an artist. Do you completely get get rid of what anyone could ever say and just go? I am great. I am a great artist. I'm, there's nothing that anybody else can say that can change that. I'm great, but not to the point of I can't get no better. But where I'm at right now, I'm doing stuff with, I'm talking about you, so I'm mm, talking from mm, your perspective. Mm. Where I'm at right now, I'm doing stuff with integrity and I'm doing stuff that I believe in. And regardless of how I perform in the film, that is enough to make me a good actor. It's interesting because I, I think if you do away with everybody else's opinion entirely, that's to say that I don't believe in my team, like the people that you know, I work with and I do massively and I rely on them so much. I rely on them and my family hugely for guidance, for confidence, etc. But again, so much of what I do is so interior and so like contained that, you know, I say like, oh, it wouldn't bother me. I suppose if I'm being totally honest, it would bother me if someone came up to me and told me that I was completely terrible. And it's very flattering when someone comes up to you and, you know, you know, expresses a very positive opinion. Like that's, that's, that is, of course, um, confidence boosting. But I think what I'm saying is it's not going to change. It bothers me, but it's not going to change my process. It's not going to change how I approach my work. I'm still going to do me. I'm still going to do it my way. Maybe you don't know that you're an incredible actor. And maybe that's why if someone said, you're shit, you would 
take that to heart. Take that to heart, but when someone says you're good, you'd be like, oh no, it's it's not. Well, no, it's not even like, me. Uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I think. I think. I think also because there's no such thing as a perfect actor. Do you know what I mean? Like the, this is what I think about acting. So my art, there's no such thing as a perfect performance. Mm. But the way I see it is the task that we're all kind of part of, and the board we're all aiming at, requires us to do something that's kind of impossible to totally become another person is actually an impossibility. But the addiction for me and the reason I love it so much is feeling like you're getting close, like feeling like even you're kidding yourself that you're that person, feeling like you're totally removed from who you are and you're this other human being is the most thrilling, exciting, mad, awesome rush, like retrospective. That is just so fun. That's why I love it because you you know it's uh it's an impossible task, but it's it's fun chasing that pursuit. Being, of yeah, the the pursuit of yeah, it's so fun. And, when you and, f- and you're never gonna be perfect at it. So you just that's why you keep going. You know you can't you can't complete the game. You can't. What about Heath Ledger as the Joker? Do maybe he completed it. I think the best and kind vi- of went. I think the best. Over the edge. I think the best villain performance of all time. Yeah, of course, it's one of the best performances ever. Yeah, it's just period. Perf- it it's might great. be a perfect performance, and that might have been like a a bit. A, that was the rumor that he went too far in his character, where he could never come back. Right. Maybe that is the sacrifice of a perfect. I think it's also the nature of the character as well. Like I think, like it's, you know, people have probably been. I don't want to say like committed, but probably like been, you know, gone as as deep. They've departed. They literally have departed and or, arrived as someone else. Yeah. And yeah, and to, to, to be the Joker and the kind of character that the Joker is, if you mm. find yourself actually believing that that's you, mm. I can't even imagine what that would do to you. Uh, so maybe the perfect performance is like the ultimate sacrifice. Like, yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. That's in, that's interesting. To I actually become another person. To become another person. Yeah. To actually change everything about you and just become that other person. But then it's weird, isn't it? Because there's something that you know you can you can do all these things to make yourself believe you're someone else for the purpose of making other people believe. Yeah. You can change your appearance. You can develop an accent. You can change your walk. You can you can abuse your body. You know, you can do all these things, but there is something that you'll never be able to change psychologically. There's like a, I don't know, even if it's like, even if you want to be like spiritual about it, like your spirit, like there's something that you cannot change. And that's what keeps it interesting for me. There is an element that you are never, ever able to stop being you, to stop being you entirely, you know, but even if you feel like you're 99.9% there, that is freaking awesome. I think that's the balance is convincing the audience that you're somebody else. But to say it's impossible to actually remove your ego from a situation, be someone else. I think that's not, not, I think that's just dismissive, like dismissive. Right. Right. I think that that is possible because you see it with, this is interesting. I like this. Go. Like, I, I don't know, really know how to compare it apart from people who do psychedelic drugs. They say that they have they experience ego death, mm. or um, um, there's a, a herbal medicine in Peru from the Amazon rainforest called ayahuasca. Oh yeah. And basically, what that does is 
let's say that on this blackboard I get chalk and I scribble all of the things that, that make you now, by as a hat trick book. Nice. my book <laughs> I scribble all of the things that make you you onto this whiteboard every mm. experience you've ever had yeah mm -hmm. what ayahuasca would do is wipe that board clean completely and you start again right you literally have to find yourself Reboot. as a yeah you completely turn yourself off and on again so let's say you go into a character but before you do that you you do ayahuasca or whatever <laughs> and you wipe your sleep clean and then you start writing on it all of the aspects of the character that you have to become and then Absolutely suddenly neck, you man. actually are that person like drugs terrify me but that sounds so interesting. I'm not so about to go to Peru, but that sounds so interesting. So interesting. No, it is. That's hugely interesting. I think, do you know what it is? I, I guess we're going to disagree. Yeah, of course. But I think that my feeling that you can't totally become someone else comes from a genuine place of respect for the human, like the human makeup, like how we're composed. It's not like I'm like, Oh well, no one's like ever fully in it, and no one can like fully be, fully be another person like that. That's to that's to kind of discredit what actors do uh, at all. I think actors, you know, I I I believe, or at least at, at times, I felt like I fully believe that I'm my character, and that that that's that's why I do it cause for those moments. What um, about if you're schizophrenic and you genuinely have two personalities? That's mad, yeah. And what about have you seen? Have you seen me, myself, and Irene? Yeah, the best, the best man. What a performance! But that's from him. Jim Carrey. That's uh, that's him acting. Yeah, Imagine yeah. Imagine if you I'm actually cast the schizophrenic in that role. He's playing a schizophrenic. That would be interesting. And and the other personality developed was his character. Yeah, yeah. If it was actually real, but then also let's take um, Buddhas, who are no one. Right. They don't have an ego, so therefore they're literally just a vessel for for life they don't have no characteristics they meditate all day like and they don't but buddhists still have i mean at the end of the day they're still human beings do you know what i mean like their belief is one thing and that certainly um gives them a, a layer of identity that we as i, I don't know non-believers christians whatever we might be i i don't know um how you define yourself but um I don't even know how I define me, but whatever. A non-Buddhist, for example, yeah. At the end of the day, we're all linked by the fact we're human. And that is a unique human being. And for that unique human being to totally become you, Cain, mm. is actually I hear you. Impossible. Do you know what I mean? I definitely hear so you. So if that Buddhist was tasked, or, or rather but that's you, because you were tasked becoming with playing me. him in a movie. Yeah, but that's because he's becoming me and right, I already but you, exist. But you... Right, but does he not... Yeah, but this is what I'm saying is he's trying to become me what I already exist. You're trying to... Actually, Bridger, he did exist. These yeah, are all real people. That's true. Right. The Joker doesn't exist. Right. So you can make that person whatever you want to be. Um, that's interesting. What's... The, uh, the, Jack Nicholson, when he was the Joker, it's a far cry from Heath Ledger. But it's hard. It's hard for Heath Ledger to entirely become the Joker. Don't get me wrong. He did a pretty good job of it. I'm saying that there's there's something within him that makes him able to make that transition that actually he can't get rid of, which 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 relates to being Heath Ledger That's because that requires <laughs> because that requires a talent and ability that is unique to being Heath Ledger. Do you know what I mean? It's a property yeah. of being him, but 
Wow, we've gone deep. Man, we are, we are we're down the, the rabbit hole the right the now. Rabbit, tea with Alice here. Yeah. Rabbit hole. <laughs> That's mad. It's just so interesting to me. I'm not allowed to do this, by the way, when I get six minutes in a hotel room back to back. Like, I do like 40 interviews in a row, and it's like six minutes. Do you ever not? Do you I ever don't not get just to do get, this. have like real conversations, though. Very like, rarely. I don't, know, I don't know how your schedule's set up. I know you have friends or whatever, but do you ever just get to meet someone new and just talk about shit? Like, I know we've talked a lot about. We have to talk a lot about your art because people mm. want to hear, and I want to hear, and I know you mm. want to talk about the way, the not just how you do things, but how you think about things. But then also the human behind it, mm-hmm. like not just the actor, just the actual human who want, can sit and talk about spirituality or whatever. Do you know what, one thing that I like? I don't like preach necessarily, but I feel like one thing that um, one of the most dangerous facts that I think we forget. Okay, without going like that further into the rabbit hole, I'm not like digging even deeper. One of the most dangerous facts that we forget as humans is that we are all human, mm. and that connects us. Mm. Because forgetting that fact is something that's caused so much negativity. So I feel like forgetting that we're all human, and um, yeah, that's something I just like, you know, try and think about a lot, or try and keep kind of like in the in in you know in my mind. Um, the best conversation I've ever had was on a bench with two guys in New Orleans. Two dudes I didn't know that well. Um, it's the best conversation I ever had. It was so weird. I like I remember I'll remember it for the rest of my life. We just sat on a bench. We basically spoke for like four hours, just nonstop, and we all just like and we and we talk so deeply and i'm not i'm not really one for like really deep intense chats i don't know cuz i'm i'm quite private you yeah. know i guess but it was wicked man it was so freeing and it's it, it opened my eyes up to being a little bit more um like sharing a little bit more what you were you know? talking about just like everything in like 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 you know one's purpose you know um life in in a very very broad sense it was just cool, man. What's your purpose? Are you just are you gonna act for the rest of your life? I hope so. I do hope you, so. Do you want to do other stuff? You you strike me as you have a very strong opinion. You're mm. creative. Mm. You have an artistic integrity. Do you want to stop buying into other people's visions and kind of start projecting your own? Um, I I do definitely want to do other stuff. I guess I don't just want to be confined to the one thing. I mean, I'm enjoying what I'm doing so much, and I feel so blessed that I'm able to make a career out of doing what I'm doing and that I found what I love, mm. you know, um, doing. But yeah, there's there's a lot, you know, I think creatively there are a lot of things that <coughs> I'd like to do, like, um, you know, uh, like I'm, I'm I'm big into food. I'd love to like- Swear down. In the, yeah, yeah, I'd love to be involved in, but you know, I, I love music too, so uh, I'd love I was to be involved to in ask it, you. Yeah, production of music in You're some respects. So, like, when I was doing Friday Finds at SB, um, your knowledge. Thanks for getting me to do that. Nah, man. thank you for coming on to do it. But it's, it's refreshing. It's actually refreshing to have somebody else, especially in your position, where so you don't even have time to care about underground music <laughs> and stuff like. So to go out of your way and know more about underground music than some people actually get paid for. Oh wow! <laughs> like, that's refreshing. And when we did that, it just made me realize that you're just you're a fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and a supporter of that element of like our culture massively i want you to be completely honest with me mm. how much do you want to make music 
massively so much. So what the fuck are you waiting for? <laughs> I can't, man. I Why can't you make music? I, I really do want to make music. I know you do. I, I, I can sense <laughs> it. Um, I really do, but I feel like I might be pushing my luck if I try and... If I, nah. try. I mean, I, you know, I... Do you, you know make what? music in your spare time, though? I'll be honest, I might. You have logic, innit? I be, what's that? You have logic on your laptop. <laughs> um, what do you mean, what's that? You I know don't, exactly no, what no, 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 sorry. I meant like, what did you say? Yeah, yeah. Um, problem is, I'm, I'm technically so challenged that I don't even think I could Everybody's like, technically use challenged. logic. But, um, At some point. You you make music, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like, I feel like I might, but I don't know whether I'd ever put my name to it. Do you know what I mean? That's understandable. I might one time just put That's it. because your name is a brand now, so... Right, and I feel like maybe it might be judged differently. Yeah, of course. So it will. I, I, but I might just, I might just throw it out. I might just throw it out in the ether and just see what happens one time. Just maybe years from now, just to see. When you was younger, did you want to be a musician or an actor, or was it something that when, like, as you grew up more? Because like me, I started making music, and the mm. only reason I started making videos and directing stuff is because no one would do it for me. Right. So I initially started out as a musician. So. Right. Um, and then I just made and I, what what kind of like genre did your stuff belong to I was to, rapping you know? I was singing a little right. bit I was like gassed I was like 13 okay um, <laughs> that's cool though but then I had the same mentality as you I was like oh I've got lucky people want me to make videos for money mm. and then Jamal wants me to come and fucking creative direct SPTV mm. and then it wasn't until last year it wasn't until last month um december where i was like but i'm just lying to myself all i want to do is sit and make music and yeah i've got lucky and i've managed to do great things and forever grateful forever grateful for those opportunities yeah but now the main focus is music i feel like that's mad that's mad that you've achieved as highly as you've achieved in a bracket where else you feel like you've been lying to yourself or at least you didn't yeah. feel like it was the main purpose that's mad yeah it wasn't it was lying to me. It wasn't, kind of wasn't, was and wasn't, wasn't lying wasn't, yeah. to myself. Cause, because you still believed in I what you were doing. Knew, yeah, it wasn't like I completely disregarded that. Right. But the main focus was like, I just had a terrible year, terrible year last year. Um, statistically, a great year. Emotionally, terrible year. I right. felt like I was like prisoner in myself because um, I just wanted to make music. And so like now, yeah, it's like, I'm like fuck it. I feel like you, you, though. you have an opinion as well. Like, Will Poulter is a character who has like a media trained persona. Mm. Like I've seen glimpses of like the real you when you're talking about um, spirituality or whatever. Mm. Not to say that when you're talking about films, not the real you. Right. Yeah. yeah. But like the human behind it. So it's yeah. like, fuck it. You have an opinion in it. So yeah. put it out there. Make music. Who cares if it's good? Who cares if it's shit? That can be the place where you experiment. And you can't deny what feels inherently right like in, yeah, of course. i think for you it feels like the inherently right thing to do is make music you cannot deny that yeah especially emotionally like i felt the inherently right thing was to have a career and was to to go to work every day and that that made me i realized that it it didn't matter where i worked it could be a sb it could be um universal records it could be good music with kanye mm. like if i'm still showing up every morning sitting at a desk I might as well be in Tesco because I don't have my freedom bro and honestly I think you've hit like the nail on the head because I feel like life is way too short to accept 
that work has to be anything less than very satisfying than exactly what you want to do. Now, don't be wrong. It's naive to think that everyone has that option. I appreciate that yeah. some people have to. Some people have to clean bathrooms. By the way, some people are happy cleaning bathrooms. Yeah, some people are some fucking people amazing wanna, at cleaning. And bathrooms. some people are very talented at it, exactly as well. But some people don't have the choice. Like I can sit here and go, "Oh yeah, you know, you should follow your dreams and like." Yeah, you people know, would you say, "But you're privileged and exactly. you don't have uh, Listen, responsibilities." I grew and up stuff. with a supportive, nice family. Mm. You know, I went to a, I went to a good school, so like it's easy for me to say. But I guess what all I'm saying is that if you have that opportunity. You owe it to yourself to follow up on it. You know what I mean? And you owe it to the people who don't have that opportunity. Like Goodwill Hunting is my favourite film. You know I've mean? never seen Goodwill Hunting. Whoa! I know. <laughs> Dude, you would love that film, man. I need to, I and, need to and see it. And it to exactly what we're talking about. It's just like crazy. Just that. And you say that if you have that option, but I feel like I didn't have that option. Well, I guess I did. Like. I didn't have to do ridiculous stuff for money when I was younger to support a family or whatever. So right. in that sense, I was blessed. Like my mum was the one cleaning bathrooms and, right. and shit like that just to provide, which right. kind of gave me the freedom to explore what I wanted to do instead of me having to do that stuff. So in that sense, even though it wasn't great, I was still very lucky because mm. I, I could have, it could have been worse. Um, right. And that's a very cool, sensible. Yeah, but you have it to make that option for yourself as well. Right. No right. one's going to... I mean, slightly, your drama teacher was like, oh, I'm going to start a school of comedy, blah, blah, blah. Mm. And you were given an opportunity. Mm. Would you? Do you think that you would have just made that opportunity for yourself anyway? I hope so. I really do. I look, I look back and I hope that I would have like pulled out my own socks in a way. Yeah. But I kind of was in quite a kind of low, dark place at school that I kind of needed her... Mm. so much but I hope that I would have left school and gone do you know what I'm going to go write stand up or I'm going to I'm going to go to casting calls I forget that you're funny innit do, I forget that well, you're actually proper funny mm, <laughs> but do you know what I mean I wish like I I, I, I hope that about my yeah. my previous self but I can't I, I've got to be honest I don't know whether I would have done I, I actually that's the thing I would get scared about where I would be had it not been I'd get, for the um, opportunities that I got I, I think that I would be dead if I hadn't if I didn't believe in my creativity Really? I think I would have either killed myself or got killed. Definitely. Wow, man. Wow. Definitely. Like, yeah, all of my I... friends are drug dealers. Well, basically, all of my friends from school are either drug dealers or drug addicts. Wow. So it's man. like, I luckily have had no one go jail. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, it's, they're either drug dealers or... So I would have either been one of the two. That's That's a shame, man. But respect to you for, you know... Yeah, I don't deserve no credit. That's just like, you're not no, supposed I think to do drugs do, and you're though. not supposed to sell them. So it's like, well, <laughs> I don't deserve no credit suppose for, so, for but... that. I'm just being like a normal person. But yeah, it's just like the area that I came from or whatever. That was yeah, right, right. It was either adhere to that nine to five culture, which inherently everybody knows is not for them. Um, everybody has dreams. Yeah, so it was either adhere to that and go crazy, mm. which knowing myself, I would have gone crazy after about two years. Yeah. Or, yeah, or... And creativity provided this like alternative route. Yeah, just, yeah. Just, 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 art did, right? Yeah, art just freedom. It's literally the key to freedom. If you can get rid of all of the ego bullshit, like being a slave to your audience and judging yourself based on other people's judgments, mm. and then if you can somehow shed this like Western obsession with money, um, then yeah, art, that's the ticket to freedom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolute ticket to freedom. That's cool, man. But yeah, like, would you do stand up? Um, 
That's a yes. I have thought about it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I have, um, I have thought about it um, a lot, and I've written it, and I've never performed it. Um, it's funny though. I feel like I'm that annoying guy who kind of performs stand up in everyday life. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like I, I'm like trying to make people like, you know, like if I'm, a, if I'm being honest with myself, like if I'm at a dinner table, like I feel like pressure to like be to funny or whatever. So, like, do you know what I mean? Like a little bit. I, I, if I'm being honest, I do. Sometimes I'm just like not funny, and I just like I'm quite serious and whatever. And like, other times, like I, I try to be funny because I feel like I enjoy making people laugh. Like that is a. I think now in my career, like I'm slightly more focused on drama, but I'm always going to enjoy making people laugh. That 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 gives me that gives me it gives me a great deal of happiness seeing people be happy as a result of that. You know what I mean? Like that's that's all it is. It's a simple formula. Making people happy makes you happy. You know? Why don't you live in LA? You hate LA, in it. I can tell. I don't. Do you know what? I have some genuinely great friends in LA. Same. Um, and I think there are some great things about it. I just don't believe in a lot of what makes LA LA I just how I can you like it's, it's made up of actors and also it's so it's so it's so intrinsically like part of the industry that I work in I don't want to live somewhere shit on that, your doorstep basically. yeah man shit yeah. where you eat shit where I eat that's the expression um um I don't think anyone eats or shits in LA, apparently, but do you know what I mean? Like, that's the. <laughs> they eat kale and shit out kale and then eat the kale that they shit it out. That's it. That's it. Um, but no, no. I mean, I, I, and also, I love London, man. I love I mm. love where I live. I can't see myself really. Where are you, West? Living elsewhere. Yeah. Yeah. I love London. I love it. But I respect that. It's so easy to. Um, to just, yeah, to get gassed and be like, oh, I might as well be in LA, you know, all the castings are there and mm. stuff. But then I guess it, it's your nature and you love to send tapes in. So to be in LA, it's like you have no excuse to send a tape in. Right, yeah, 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 be, yeah. You're just going to be That's al That's also another thing, yeah. But you're right, man. I need to I need to make sure that I I can step out of my comfort zone in that Yeah, I, wanna, I really want you to do that. To, yeah. Um, yeah, I really want you to, to start auditioning for stuff. I, need I don't to. know why. I've, I really yeah, feel yeah, like yeah. once you get comfortable doing auditions, like... That's just going to be sick. Yeah, I hope so, man. This is easily, man, like, in terms of producing a piece of media, you yeah. know, like, this is, like, one of the coolest, honestly, the coolest conversations I've ever had. I'm glad like, you called it a conversation, not an interview. It was a conversation, 100%, and, and I appreciate that. And that's when two people, like, fully recognise they're both human beings and, you know, Standard. they talk no on a level, so it's been, no very, bullshit it's been very cool, man. I appreciate it. Um, is there anything you want to talk about? No nah, man, I mean, I think we 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 did talk about we a lot covered of stuff. it and we went we, we went deep as well. With the we did go deep. So it was good. Yeah, we did go deep. It was cool. Bro, thank you for coming through. Appreciate it, man. Honestly, thank you so much like, for having me, dude. It's like it's just such a it's such a privilege just to hear somebody who has so much going on just be so real. Oh man, respect. No, thank you. And 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 by the way, you two, someone who's got so much going on, not responsibility and whatnot, take time to you know put your creative energy in something like this. Very cool. So I that's mad. I appreciate that. Pleasure to be part of. I man. appreciate that. Thank um, you. Everyone plays me out on piano at the end of every episode. Ah, joke. Can you play keys? Can you play anything? No, I can't play shit. Like, you have I to could, play something. I think. Do you know what? Has anyone played chopsticks? Because I think that's all I know. I don't. I don't know what chopsticks is. Actually, is that? <laughs> I can't remember the last bit. <laughs> Take it anywhere. Take it anywhere.
Make sure you come and join the conversation at hashtag S-Y-W-B-A-A. At me on Twitter, at Kane Chatty. And let me know what you think.